The October jobs report impresses Peloton tumbles. Tom Lee with a big 2022 prediction and Rivian raises IPO pricing. This is the running with the money weekly recap. Let's get into it. And we are back here on a Friday to do the quick weekly recap. And if you're new here, we have a podcast every single day. We have briefings and we have weekly recaps. The briefings go over the biggest headlines of the day, biggest analyst calls, etc. within 15 minutes. And the weekly recap is a recap not only of the Friday, but also the rest of the week. Quite briefly, we get you through the biggest headlines of the week and the day and some pretty darn solid information all within or around 15 minutes. So let's get in with, into it without further ado. By the way, I'm your host, Luke Donay, and give me and my team a follow at Luke Donay on Twitter or at Running With The Money on Instagram and Facebook. But getting into the biggest headline of this Friday, by the way, the markets, well, they moved higher again today with the Dow Jones up 203 points. It's S&P 500 up 17. The NASDAQ up 31. Meanwhile, you take a look at bond yields in the U.S. 10-year Treasury moving down 1 to 1.455%. That's the lowest it's been in a few weeks here. So some solid action um, when it comes to the U.S. 10-year Treasury yield in the bond market per usual, depending on which side uh, you want it to go. Who knows? Either way, shifting in to the jobs report here. So, sifting through these non-farm payrolls, it increased by 531,000 in October, beating the estimate of 450,000. So, a solid number there. Now, breaking down these numbers, leisure and hospitality led the way to job creation with that sector developing 164,000 jobs. Meanwhile, right behind it, the professional and business services sector developing 100,000 jobs, manufacturing 60,000, transportation and warehousing 54,000, construction adding 44,000, healthcare adding 37,000, and retail bringing up the bottom uh, adding 35,000 uh, non-farm payroll or jobs here. So solid job creation throughout the month of October. Now, the unemployment rate also fell to 4.6%. It was expected to land at 4.7%, so beating the expectation there as well. Wages, on the other hand, increased by 0.4% for the month, and they're up 4.9% from a year ago. Some of that due to inflation, as we all know, and the labor force participation rate holding steady at 61. 6%, um, and that is 1.7% below that February 2020 level. So the labor market still has some work to do, still has some catching up to do, but it is improving. This was a big time report that mostly propelled the market higher, especially over at the Dow Jones, that major index jumping the most today. Now, we also saw Peloton absolutely get hammered after delivering earnings, and well, they missed the mark big time. Some people not big fans of this company, I particularly, but I'm going give you the data straight and I am not going to be biased when it comes to the analysis of these numbers. So the company did slash guidance for its full year. It now anticipates those connected fitness subscribers to land between 3.35 million and 3.45 million. And that is down from the prior estimation of 3.63 million. It also sees revenue landing for the full year in between 4.4 and $4.8 billion. And that's down from the $5.4 billion that was previously guided towards. This sent the stock down 30%. 
And the earnings numbers that they just delivered in the most recent quarter also weren't the best. They delivered a loss per share of $1.25 compared to the $1.07 that was expected. Revenue of $805.2 million compared to $810.7 million that was expected. And revenue only expanded by 6% year over year from the $757.9 million that it experienced same time last year. Now, breaking down those sales, their connected fitness products, and that includes those bikes and treadmills, that fell by 17% year over year to $501 million. Meanwhile, subscription revenue uh, came in and increased by 94% year over year to $304.1 million. And if you break this down and you really look where the bulk of the revenues are coming from, the connected fitness sales accounted for 62% of Peloton's business. Now, shifting into some more nitty-gritty numbers here, Peloton did go on the report in their most recent quarter a net loss of $376 million, and that is much greater or a much bigger loss than the net income that they actually reported uh, same time last year of $69.3 million. So all around, the numbers not very impressive here. Now, there were some impressive metrics when it comes to these connected fitness subscribers. Those came in at 2.49 million. That's up 87% year over year. You saw their entire member base come in at 6.2 million and their connected fitness subscribers actually on average completed 16.6 workouts per month and that is down unfortunately, um, from the 20.7 a year earlier. So those Peloton products among their users getting used less. Very interesting data, very interesting numbers coming out of Peloton. Once again, the stock sent the stock down today over 30%, currently sitting down at the close, down 35.35%, $55 per share. Um, and if you take a look at the after hours action, it continues to move to the downside. Over the course of the past three months, it's down over 50%. On a year-to-date basis, it's down over 63%. So not the best year for Peloton. This name coming way off those highs of around 171 bucks per share. Now, shifting into the biggest analyst calls of the day, we're going to lead with a major call on Peloton. Stifled downgrading Peloton after the earnings results to hold from buy, saying, quote, we are lowering our rating to hold following the rapid deterioration in the company's full-year outlook, which was initially provided last quarter and significantly reduced alongside forward Q1 2022 results. Peloton lowered full year 2022 revenue guidance to $800 million or 15% at the midpoint, citing limited visibility due to challenging compares, reopening economies, and cost pressures related to supply chain constraints and commodity prices. Stifle not liking what they saw in Peloton, a rapid unquote deterioration of the full year outlook. Stifle, not a big fan anymore of Peloton downgrading it to hold from buy on those results. Bank of America reiterated Uber as a buy saying, quote, big picture, Uber is benefiting from scale and driver supply tailwinds with mobility rebounding and we expect these trends to continue throughout 2022. Bank of America liking Uber long, reiterating Uber is a buy. And then we have Deutsche Bank downgrading Papa John's to hold from buy. It was proclaimed by a few investors as the new pizza leader, but what did Deutsche Bank have to say about Papa John's today? They go on to say, quote, while we remain very positive in the medium term to long term outlook at the company, we continue to be impressed by management's execution. We are moving our rating to hold on the stock as we believe the risk reward has become more balanced following the most recent move and presumed incorporation of today's guidance into go forward sell site estimates. So, Deutsche Bank really liking the company of Papa John's, liking the fundamentals, but 
it seems here that they just believe the stock is too high and needs to come down a bit to be another buying opportunity. And then finally, our final big time analyst call is on Airbnb. That stock breaking out to the upside the day after earnings results last night, up 12.98%, breaking 200 bucks a share. What did Jeffries have to say about Airbnb? Reiterating it as a buy, they go on to say, quote, Best quarter in the books on accelerating recovery. What we liked, one, solid operational and financial performance as cross-border and urban just starts to recover. Two, third quarter momentum continued into October with global net nights booked ahead of 2019. And number three, supply grew in the third quarter to highest numbers of active listings in history. It's safe to say Jeffries liked those earning results, reiterating it as a buy and they see upside in the stock. Now, Tom Lee, today he made a major prediction on CNBC going forward in 2022. In this CNBC interview, he says, quote, we're entering the six weeks that matter the most and then people will start talking about a Santa Claus rally. He goes on to say, quote, I think 4,800 is maybe the minimum year end level, unquote, for the S&P 500. He goes on to say, I think 5,000 is more of an early 2022, but I think easily 4,800 is achievable. I think seasonals tell us it's 5% or 6% upside from here. And then he went on to justify why he believes in early 2022, you could see a 5,000 S&P 500 in a year end 4,800. So what were his four reasons in this CNBC interview? He said in this interview, I quote, our continued belief that the S&P profit margins would surprise because of what we call unkillability. Businesses survived the worst shutdown in several generations. His second reason, the second, is we know there's tons of pent-up demand, and if that COVID was alleviating that would start to be unleashed and we're seeing that. So he cited in the first two reasons basically that he expects S&P 500 profit margins to continue to surprise investors and he also sees and likes the pent up demand um, that is coming from the alleviation of COVID-19. And then finally, he goes on to list his next two reasons of justification for these big time uh, price target calls on the S&P 500. Uh, he says, quote, the third is relative value because bonds are expensive and the fourth is just from a general positioning, many of our clients, not most, but many are sitting on very uncomfortable cash positions. They've been waiting for a 10% pullback. Not that we've been calling for it, but they've all had that as a consensus view, thinking the Fed was going to trigger it. Now that it doesn't look like it's happening, that money is getting put to work. So it seems that Tom Lee, a very, very looked up to man on Wall Street who has actually predicted the price action of the S&P quite well throughout the past few years here, making a big call that we will see a 5,000 S&P in early 2022. Now, the final headline of the day today, Friday, is this Rivian raising IPO pricing. Now, Rivian was going to price at $57.62 per share, 135 million shares next week at some point in their IPO, but now they updated that today, taking that pricing up to $72 to $74 per share. Now, if all of this goes through and all the details work out, as currently laid out, Rivian is going to be worth roughly $65 billion. Now, that is just under some of these big time legacy automakers. Now, major investors in Rivian include both Amazon and Ford. Amazon actually holds over a 20% stake in Rivian. And you also see Ford has a greater than 5% stake in the company. Now, according to Rivian's prospectus and data here, they plan the list on the NASDAQ under ticker symbol 
R-I-V-N going forward that was filed last month, and they are planning, the rumor is, to IPO sometime next week here. It'll be interesting to see what occurs there. Very interesting stuff on Rivian. Another IPO that's expected to absolutely fly to the moon now, or launch to the moon, should I say. Now, the brief over the week, real quick. On Monday, we had Coca-Cola acquiring Body Armor for $5.6 billion, making the largest acquisition in Coca-Cola history. Holy Toledo. You dig into the data behind Body Armor, and you see that they were, you know, not the market leader in this space. PepsiCo's Gatorade was far away, still the market leader, um, sitting at 70% market share. Meanwhile, Body Armor is expecting or Coca-Cola is expecting to inject more cash into this company, own the cab company outright, and hopefully to take more of that uh, market space away from PepsiCo's Gatorade. And then on Monday, we also had Digital Currency Group raising $700 million at a $10 billion valuation with major investors there, including some big time names such as SoftBank Group and Alphabet. Now, what is Digital Currency Group? It is that group that has that flagship fund, G. BTC, the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, a major um, digital currency group, cryptocurrency group, and they're raising quite a bit of money. Now, it is important to note that this whole entire funding round here was old investors taking profits and new investors coming in, but it was notable that big names like SoftBank Group and Alphabet are jumping in on this crypto firm. Now, on Tuesday, we had Nike start to prepare for the metaverse, and we went through this really in-depth on Tuesday's briefing, so I go recommend you check it out. In sum, they filed, filed quite a bit, actually, several trademark applications that, in essence, trademarked a lot of their slogans for the digital world, the metaverse. And they also hinted at the possible sale of digital goods, such as digital shoes, eyewear, bags, sports bags, headwear, clothing, crazy stuff. And then we also had on Tuesday, Microsoft making some announcements about the metaverse. We had Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella going on to say, quote, as the digital and physical worlds come together, we are creating an entirely new platform layer which is the metaverse. He went on to say, quote, in a sense, the metaverse enables us to embed computing into the real world and to embed the real world into computing, bringing real presence to any digital space. They made big time announcements, big time announcements about this Dynamics 365 connected spaces and a mesh for Microsoft Teams. So some big time stuff to check out on Tuesday's briefing, both about Nike and Microsoft positioning for the metaverse. And then on Wednesday, of course, we had the taper news. The taper commences the Federal Reserve announcing that they will begin the taper, those $120 billion um, asset purchases each month, first reducing them by $15 billion. The reduction will be a $10 billion less um, or a $10 billion cut in treasuries and a $5 billion cut in the purchases of those mortgage-backed securities each month up until basically... It's fully tapered out and they're done with it. You can get much more details on the Wednesday. The taper commences news, Fed news and Fed commentary on Wednesday's briefing. Go give it a listen. And then also on Wednesday, we had Zillow miss the mark. They closed down a major segment of the company and they are also announcing and they announced according to Bloomberg that they were looking to sell 7,000 homes uh, to, or $2.8 billion worth of homes uh, to institutional investors. So some big time announcements out of Zillow that sent the stock to the downside significantly. You saw Kathy Wood, I believe, in a most recent transaction um, data actually selling out a big stake 
um, of hers. And then you also had these earnings just absolutely depressed investors. They delivered a loss of 95 cents adjusted um, instead of a profit of 16 cents. And they also delivered revenue of $1.74 billion below the $2.01 billion expectation. You look at the performance of Zillow, it's down 34% in the past three months, down 36% in the past five days. Ouch. Zillow, a name to go check out. Once again, you can get more details both on the taper commences and Fed commentary and the big time Zillow miss and changes on Wednesday's breakdown or briefing um, under the Running With The Money podcast tabs. Now, Thursday, we had some big earnings results. We had Cloudflare report Q3 results, and they mostly beat. They beat on revenue. They beat on non-GAAP EPS, and there, it was the first quarter of non-GAAP profitability, so it was a very important quarter for Cloudflare. They also beat the mark when it came to fourth quarter and full year guidance. So that is another name to go check out. Cloudflare and their earnings were pretty darn solid. And then we had Square missed the expectation. Once again, delivering that EPS of 37 cents compared to the 38 cents that was expected. Revenues coming in slightly lower at $3.84 billion compared to $4.38 billion. And gross profit coming in at $1.13 billion, up 43%. There was a lot of news on Square, especially the Cash App. So Square earnings also came out on Thursday, Cloudflare and Square, two major companies to go check out. And we summarized those earnings in yesterday's briefing. Go give that a listen. And then finally, on Thursday, we had OPEC to defy the United States sticking to their plan of an increase in oil production of 400,000 barrels per day each month. So very interesting stuff coming out of OPEC, sticking it to the United States, even though the United States and the Biden admin was practically begging OPEC to increase production so these U.S. gas prices would come down at the pump. Either way, thank you for listening to another episode of the Running With The Money podcast and the weekly recap. We will be back on Monday with a briefing going over, once again, the biggest headlines, biggest analyst calls, and more. Meanwhile, go to runningwiththemoney.com. We drop these deep dives on individual companies. They're extremely simplistic, and you can go check those out. Our most recent one was on Shopify, runningwiththemoney.com under the analysis tab. Go give my boys over at Pounding the Table a listen. They come out with new episodes like every Saturday. And my goodness, they're great. You can give them a listen on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. Go give those guys a listen. Some of the best content, if not the best content, coming out of the financial space. They have big-time interviews and a wealth of knowledge. Thank you for listening. Easily Profit and at me, at Luke Today on Twitter. If you have any questions, if you want anything covered in the podcast or have any feedback, me and my team love to hear it here at Running With The Money. Easily Profit, trade on, and I will see you on Monday.